Special thanks to Focus Asset Management for helping us bring you today's PO Leadership's Snippet Podcast. Welcome to our Snippets Podcast. I'm Leon Gorin, CEO and President of PO Leadership, North America's premier peer-to-peer network and leadership advisory firm. Today, we welcome Michael Sherrard, Managing Partner at Sherrard Coos. Michael's been a longtime member of my peer advisory board, PAT4, and a huge resource to many of our PO members over the last decade. We've been very fortunate to have him by our sides as we all had to deal with COVID-19, government legislation and restrictions, changes to those restrictions, and of course, their implications to our businesses. Michael's been very busy, to say the least, but he also has a fantastic life outside of the law profession. In fact, I used to spend hours with Michael in the quarters of Etobicoke Olympium waiting for our kids to swim their races. And I mean hours, because they swim every two to three hours. Michael's married to Rhonda, also an attorney working for Sherard Coos, and they have two daughters. Michael, it's great to have you with us today. Leon, thanks for having me. Good to see you. It's good to see you as well. So I thought we'd kick it off, and I've known you for quite a while. So pre-COVID, Michael, you and the firm, you were working, you were always working, always crazy. We were always strategizing, trying to figure out, okay, how do we build this? How do we leverage our hours, reduce hours? Then we get hit by COVID. And uh, I know the last 15 months, you guys have been insane. You've almost had to ramp it up to another level. And I'm curious, actually, how you did that. Because <laughs> I know you guys are like, you're working all the time, I would imagine. Yeah, it, it's certainly been busy. So we'd say we've been really fortunate. Um, some of us would say for lawyers, as long as you've got a laptop and a phone, you can function. Um, so I, I yeah, I uh we, we have been busy. When we look back, the, one, of the, um, one of the collateral benefits, if there's any good things that have come out of COVID, is that we've really gelled as a team. We have, a, we have an internal call every second day at noon for about anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour, depending upon when what's going on and what the issues are. But we've had a significant amount of people from the firm. We'll have, we'll have 30 people on those calls at any given time uh, trying to mm-hmm. brainstorm and um, in sort of exchange experiences. So it's really helped us get to best practices, uh, briefing notes. Um, it's really been a, a team environment and it's really brought us together, I think, in, in terms of people who participate in all those efforts. When you eventually all come together, or maybe you're not going to come together, what does back to work look like to you as a firm going forward? I, yeah, I, I think I'd start by saying I'm not sure I'm not sure it's going to look like uh, anything we imagined back in March of 20. I, I don't see us going from 100 miles an hour outside the office to everybody being back in anytime soon. I, I think, as you've heard everybody talk about, some kind of hybrid model. Um, because the other part of this, and it, it's probably the same for a lot of the members that I get to to kick things around with in Pat 4 and some of the other uh, Pat groups, Um, talent can walk with its feet. So there's an interesting balance here in terms of if you've let people uh, work from home for, let's call it 12 to 18 months, your desire to have them all return and be face-to-face 100% of the time, I think is going to be challenging. And I think it's going to be challenging for a law firm or professional services as well. Um, So, uh, you know, the first thing we're going to do is brainstorm, give people lots of notice of our intention to do something different than we're doing today. And then while I want to be consistent with how we do it, you're still going to have to deal with individualizing some of the circumstances that you meet. And I think all of us are going to have to do that. 
because I can tell professional services right now, compensation is moving up. Um, there's a war for talent. Um, young people are getting phone calls every second week from headhunters. So I, th- I think we're going to be have to be cognizant of those kind of things as opposed to simply saying everybody's got to be back at work on Monday. I, I just don't think that's in the cards for a lot of us. It's funny because I, I grew up in a professional service room because I came up the CA route. And, and the most memorable times were the times you know, when you first start, right? The first few weeks and you sort of got onboarded, you meet everyone. There was a social element and you actually learned a lot, right? Because you spent time with individuals. In the law firms, it would be the same. I mean, how do you work that into your even a hybrid model? Because some people are there, some people won't be there. What are you going to do with your new recruits? So a good example for us is we have a fairly strong summer student program. So kids who have just finished first year law school or second year law school. And so when we onboarded them this year, it was a combination of some sessions on Zoom, like we're doing now, and some sessions spread out in a boardroom with all those kind of PPE um, uh, safety precautions that you're used to, that we've all had to figure out distancing and hand washing and masking and so forth. But again, it was a bit of a combination and it was giving people a choice. So it's, it's far from what we're used to. Uh, but, you know, students, as an example, and maybe that's the, the younger generation who are living in the smaller condos, they were anxious to be on site, anxious to start to, to meet yeah. people face to face. So um, I think we found a way of, of continuing hybrid, meeting on site where possible, and then giving some people choice. Um, yeah. That was the luxury we lived in to begin at least this most recent summer onboarding. Yeah. Again, I, I know in the early days when COVID hit, you were a huge resources to resource to us. And then in the middle, you were a huge resource. I know you even drop into groups today. If I'm thinking now, like we're in the summer, but come this fall, um, you're thinking about business owners or those running these businesses. What are two of the three things that you think that they need to be aware of in regards to employee? Were they, you know, working within the bounds because there's so many questions around legal obligations and how you treat your employees uh, forcing, you know, can you force them even to come back to work? All, all these questions are so new. Uh, I'm just curious because you're right on the front line. What are some of the big things that are, we should expect or be thinking about today? Yeah, I, I think um, let me give you two or three. The first one in my mind is um something we call the duty of care. I think uh, Canadians get caught up in the Ontario Employment Standards Act, the British Columbia Labor Relations Code, Ontario's Human Rights um, Code. Duty of care sort of is an umbrella on all of these. And duty of care, we think of what does an employer owe the employees in whatever given circumstance the employer might put them in? So when, when employers are thinking about uh, ramping up and getting back to work physically and so forth, I think there's a legal obligation that comes from this duty of care. We, we all have these, you know, comply with the, uh, the Occupational Health and Safety Act, comply with public health directives. But over the overarching piece is duty of care and what is the standard of care in the given circumstance. So that's my legal piece. My yeah. human piece is we have to convince people. I think employers have to convince people that we want you to come back in some hybrid form and we're going to keep you safe. We're going to do everything we can to make sure you're safe. 
So that that's what are our policies around vaccinations? What are our policies in the office as things seem to free up a bit? Do we still have to wear masks? Do we still yeah. want to have hand washing stations? Do we still uh, socially distance? What am I going to do with a person who usually travels? What, what are my what are my obligations around my my duty of care for that person who I'm going to send to uh, Asia, the U.S., to Mexico, to British Columbia? And so I, I think for employers, that first thing is duty of care. Uh, how do I keep them safe? And then for every leader, this I think this for me it's the most uncomfortable thing. I think leaders have to communicate, even if they're not positive of the exact correct answer. I think some of us want to, I want to get it right before I say anything. And I think that that vacuum, the amount of time it takes to get that answer perfect hurts us. So I think leaders have to be out there communicating and listening effectively, even when they're not yet comfortable, because the vacuum hurts you more as an employer, I think. So a couple of things to think about. Um, watch the duty of care, uh, lead, communicate. Um, and then the other one I've, I've said before, this one sounds a little bit, uh, I don't know where it fits, but for me, it fits. Um, leaders have to have a whole bunch of patience and be really good listeners in this time. And the only way you can do that from my perspective is if you treat yourself well too, you find a way to make sure you're rested. Uh, and that maybe sounds small, but I find if we're not rested and taking care of ourselves, it's very hard to take care of others. And leaders really need to think about where, where's your balance? Is, are there some things you can get back to? Whether that's cycling or going to a gym or watching a movie or yoga, whatever you used to do, is it possible to get back to some of that? So that when you get that, you know, the, the same question for the 20th time, will you have the patience that you need to have? Oh my God, I think you just hit it over the hit the nail right on the head because I think it's true. I think all of us have gone through this 15 months, not just your employees. We are one of those individuals as leaders have gone through and you're right. Everyone is tired. And when you think about communication and listening, the more tired you are, the less patient tip patience you typically have. And so uh, I agree with you hundred percent need to take care of yourself first. And then second, also think about how you're going to take care of everybody else. The um, one last question, and I don't know if there's the right answer, but you open the can with this vaccination thing. And I know people are asking, you can't, can you really, you can't enforce people having vaccinations coming back to the workplace here in this country, can you? Or you can, can that be a policy? Like I heard Western saying, if you're going to live in residence, you must have a vaccination, but that's yeah. different than your workplace environment. Sure. The, the, um, I think the advice we've been giving is you can have a policy and you should have a po- Every employer, from my perspective on this vaccination piece, should have a policy about it. And you can start with the concept of a mandatory policy. But I think in practice, that's going to be challenging. I, I, I think there's very little support in our country, let alone in Ontario, to have somebody as a condition of employment be mandatorily vaccinated. It's one thing to get them testing tested, right? The, the rapid yeah. testing or a PCR test. It's another thing to now say, I'm going to put something forcibly inside, inside your body as a condition of coming to work. Our governments haven't yet given, given any guidance that suggests they're going to say it's mandatory. Um, we've seen a little sliver in the long-term care industry because they, they would say the vaccination might be a bona fide occupational requirement if they get some scientific uh, background to it. 
I don't think uh, Ontario employers or Canadian employers are going to have the benefit of mandatory. But I, I think what behooves us, and I've heard some of our members talk, right? Our PAT sessions really uh, best practices come out of the ideas we hear from our peers. And I still yeah. remember somebody saying, we're going to use, we're going to advertise and educate and influence. Um, and we're going to let our workforce try to do that in a respectful manner as well. Spend all our energy trying to, to be that advocate. I walked into a gym the other day and it said, um, if you go get a vaccine, we're going to give you two weeks of free membership. And, and, you know, so people are being creative and trying to cajole and influence as opposed to mandate. I think in the last thing I'll say is at the end of the day, if somebody wants to come to the workplace and they're not vaccinated, I think I think one of the things that will be a long term issue is we will still have some what we call PPE responsibilities in terms of how we keep everybody safe. So it's um, and you look at the end of the day, right? The first thing people say is, what about vaccination availability? And and while I know we've improved and it's ramping up, I, I still think I heard in the last 24, 48 hours, some shortages of specific kinds of vaccines. Um, so you have to take that into consideration. Um, so I, I think you do everything you can to educate and influence as opposed to mandate or dictate. Michael, that's great. Thank you so much for uh, not just joining us, but sharing your insights with us today. That was awesome. Leon, thanks thanks for everything you do. I I appreciate being part of the group. Well, we love having you part of the group. If you're interested in our live webcast, The Way Forward Live, and or any other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at po-leadership.com. You'll find on our site various pre-recorded webcasts, which include guests such as Morgan Housel, Professor Janice Stein, Rob Chestnut, Dr. Greg Wells, the list goes on. Uh, We cover topics such as mental health, leadership, the world reset, and a host of others. There's also our eight-week trial. If you think you're a senior leader, well, think you are a senior leader, you're a business owner or CEO, take a look at that eight-week trial and see if you want to give us a shot. I want to thank you all for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again shortly. Take care.